Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek, everyone. I am Chrissy McQueen. We have Justin Winters and a very esteemed special guest. She is my mama, my mom, my mamacita. Mamala, Kathy McQueen! Thank you for having me. We watched Heathers, the 1989 movie, with uh, Shannon Doherty, Winona Ryder, and Christian Slater, among others. And Justin, I think it's funny because before we watched this movie, you told me that it was in the vein of Clueless and Mean Girls. And having watched it, bit darker than Clueless or Mean Girls. Now, this is the second time we've recorded this podcast, and you, this is the second time you've give, given misinformation for what I said. Well, first of all, the reason that we are re-recording this podcast is because our Mac battery died after we recorded the first one, and we lost it. And it was hilarious. It was hilarious. You will never know how funny we are, people. Yeah. It was already cursed, that podcast. It was amazing. It would have won We're some sort of We're never going to be that hilarious now. And never. No. Are we Sorry. supposed to be hilarious? Yes. Sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Dang. Anyway, yeah. um, no, the way I presented the movie was, it was Chrissy's birthday this week. Yay, so yes, um, birthday. One of her favorite movies is Clueless. She likes movies in the teen uh, high school genre. But they have to be uh, good. Okay. Um, and so I picked a movie, you know, from the 80s, high school genre, but I said this is way, way darker in terms of its subject matter. And that's how I presented it. I don't remember you telling me it was way, way darker. Well, that's because you only listen to 30% of what I say. That's so. not true. <laughs> it's more like 60. Okay. Oh. We, so you missed the 40% when I talked about it being dark and subject matter. It's okay. What? It's fine. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so um, what did you think about the movie, uh, Kathy? Uh, I really liked it. I Why? It was it? Well, because I like movies where we have inherently bad, bully-type people that actually get it in the end. And I like that. I like when the bad people get it and the meek inherit the score. Haven't you ever watched certain movies, though, and then rooted for the bad guy? Oh, sure. It depends on what is, what is their badness. Well, in this movie, their badness is just being rich, entitled, and snobby. And arrogant. I'm really bad for arrogance. I'm not good for that. I hate bullies. I hate these little spoiled, big-mouthed little kids that take advantage of, you know, kids that don't have a voice. Right. So I like it for that premise alone. I'm big on revenge. You are big on revenge, and for mm-hmm. those of you who have never met or seen my mother, she is five feet, five feet even, ninety-five pounds soaking wet, like a total little wisp of a thing. But she's a tough cookie who will punch you in your stomach if you say something bad about somebody that she loves. That's true. Or in the balls. She's or like a Tasma- Tasmanian devil. She's really small, and she's yeah. she's like. You know. <laughs> Look for the underdog and for the yeah. weaker. Uh, underdog right. Tasmanian devil. Yeah, I'm a good Tasmanian we devil. We didn't sound like the Tasmanian devil, by the way, in that impression. We sounded like the South Park episode of Britney Spears without her head. 
<laughs> that was nothing like <laughs> that. That did sound like that. Yeah, see? It Even I saw like that. that. That's what it sounded like. It was exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, back to Heather's. Right. Uh, you know, one of the things that my mom kept asking was like, who is this girl playing Heather? Who is she? What? What has she done? And Justin, apparently she's dead, you told me. Which one? Heather number one. Yes, um, the girl, the actress that played Heather number one, uh, she died of a brain tumor. Um, Which is sad and ironic. It's, it's sad and ironic because one of her lines in the movie, she asks the other girl, one of the other Heathers, it, was there a brain tumor in your, what? She's like, what happened? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Yeah, uh, so that's what really weird that that happened. And then um, one of the other guys in the movie... Uh, died of suicide. He committed suicide. And that's weird because in the movie he's the kind of fayish guy that says, I don't want to die of a suicide. I don't know if I could take take it or something like that. Yeah, know. please don't let this happen to me. Yeah, yeah please don't mm-hmm. let this happen to me. I don't think I could take a suicide. Right. Anyway, that's just weird that uh, that happened. And, uh, weird, sad. Just, this movie might be cursed and... Because I, I kept yeah. saying that, that Heather you're talking about the main Heather mm-hmm. was a pretty good little actress, and I kept saying I've never seen her in anything since then. So, and but and then Winona so Ryder though did a million things since then, mm-hmm. and Shannon Doherty did a few things, mm-hmm. and then not so many things. Right. Winona Ryder stole my heart, you guys. In did this she? movie or in general? She's, when you were young, she's, just, she's good at stealing in general, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she has her masters in stealing. Yes, she does. Low, that was a low blow. Uh, did she pay her penance to society for stealing that stuff? Was it? Where was yes. it from? Saks. Yeah. Yeah, I think Saks. Yeah. yeah. I guess she. I've shopped there before with my mom, and yeah, they'll get you. Did you ever feel like stealing like five? I'm not it, a five thousand dollars in jewelry. I have my things, but thievery is not amongst them. What are your things? I can't say my things. You allude to having these mischievous things about you. Could be. She's just a lady of mystery. That's what I am. If there's anything that my mom is, it is not a lady of mystery. <laughs> there's Austin Powers, the international man of mystery, and then there's Kathy McQueen. Lady of, I will tell you the way it is. American, you're not going to want to hear it. American woman of real. mystery in the street. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, J-Lo Thank based you. her song on my mom. I'm real. What you get. Like, that's my mom. That's true. It's yep. better than being phony. It is? Absolutely. Can't being phony help you sometimes, though? Well, I'm not saying that you walk up to your boss and tell him what you think about him. Aww. But I'm saying in general it's best to be real. Why not? Well, uh, well, let's look at this movie for a minute. I think that these girls were being quote-unquote real when they were total bitches to pretty much everybody with whom they came in contact well, but real within their own queendom. Queendom. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That in their little world that they're all above everybody and everybody's a peon and a surf. That's their reality. But that's only their reality. It's not the reality of the world. They are not better than anybody. No, but it was the reality of their school they lived in because people gave them power and let them abuse it. That is true. Well, I mean... That's a good point. Newsflash: When you graduate from high school, the problems that arise in high school don't go away. No, they follow you <laughs> into various jobs in, in your life. Really? Yeah. Sometimes. I yeah, kids thought it later was on in meaningless life. and never affected me at all whatsoever. 
No, I hate to say, but it's actually probably important to pick up on those social cues of cliques while in high school because then you know better how to deal with those type of groups when you come into them when it matters. Well, like that's why I didn't notice because I was the queen. Oh, you cliques. You were the, the queen Heather. Were you, you were I the was queen not Heather. a Heather. I was the queen for the underdogs. I was the most popular kid. Uh-huh. But I saved all the underdogs. So, how, did you, how did you save the underdogs? Like, in, was there a big fire? Or <laughs> did you? When any of my underdogs were being surrounded, it sounds like you're a superhero. <laughs> if you were a superhero, what cat would you? What, superhero. Cat superhero. Yes. <laughs> Should we market this concept out before we decide this is the name? Yeah. Okay, so if you were a superhero, but your name wasn't Cat Superhero, what would be? What would be your name? Pick Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer? She's not a superhero. Oh, I need to have another superhero? Like underdog, Superman. Those, those it are, wouldn't be Those Superman. have been taken. I'm talking about an individual. I know. Like I'm a, giving her, like, so she knows what kind of thing she should And be. what would be your superpower? Right. Speed skating. Speed skating. <laughs> On roller skates, so not ice skates. Roller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. More like roller derby, really. Okay, roller derby, cool. Roller Derby Queen. She pushes people down, but only if they are the bad guys. Only if they're bad. Would you have a um, weapon of sorts? I don't need a weapon. Super, I have my super, army of have, super wonderful of minions, people, of little meanies that get the bad people. Well, we're not meanies, not really, but we can't be if you're bad. <laughs> I don't, don't so make let me get this straight. <laughs> let me get this straight. Yes. You have a posse I have a of posse. speed skaters, speed skaters backing you up. Right. Super cats. Super cats. <laughs> speed skaters. I just imagine you in like a uh, like a beat it in the beat it music video with the that but on roller skates and there's Can be done. Knife play. Easy. Knife play? Knife Shank play. play. Shank play. Shank play. That sounds so dirty. If you're a player, Watch out Crips, shank. watch out bloods. Speaking of shank. dirty things, what would you have done in Winona Ryder's position? Uh, she finds herself in the awkward and awful position of being lied about. Her uh, reputation is put in jeopardy when some douchebag guy tries to say that he and his friend had their way with her at the same time. So pretend this rumor is started about you, and you can't stop it. It's been started. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Right in the middle of lunch time where everybody's out, or right in the boys' gym, I walk right in, or right in the middle of lunch, I get everybody's attention, and I say, listen up. See little feckless Bobby and Jimmy over there? Uh-huh. They're saying that buckles. this happened with me. It did not happen. It never happened. I would die before I would be with ugly Bobby or tacky Jimmy. And I would let everybody know, you know me. Do you think I would ever do that? And everybody would see them as the liars that they are. And what if they don't? What if they're like, oh, oh, she, she, she got it on with them. <laughs> well, then I go. Then I have friends. If you go to Beavis and Butthead High, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember going there. But then I go home and I make a phone call to my older male friends that went to other schools and have them come by and take care. In eighties, in eighties movies, you're such like a chola. In 80s movies... because I have a shank. Okay. Sorry, Justin's trying to make a point. No, I'm just like, let's talk. Let's give everyone... She called me a child. She, that's not nice. I know. But well, like I said, <laughs> I was saying in 80s movies, often in the last two minutes, there's like a huge speech. 
mm-hmm. and someone pours their hearts out, and then That's they start the cat. the slow clap. The slow right. clap, yeah. I would have had an immediate quick clap. I'm I'm intrigued by your uh, roller skating posse <laughs> s- super cats. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. In in like the first five minutes of the movie, we uh, there's a cafeteria scene where we meet the different cliques and we see the Heathers at work. And uh, in that, the Heathers are doing a poll among the lunch crowd. And the question they get is, and go ahead, Chrissy, since you like to do it in your, the Heather okay. voice. Okay. So, you win the publishing clearinghouse sweepstakes. And that guy, Ed, gives you a check for $5 million. But aliens have landed on the planet, and they say that two days later they're going to blow up the Earth. So what do you do with the money? Five million dollars, <laughs> two days, aliens, blow up the earth. Kathy, what do you do with the money? Go! I get on a plane. Okay. I go to France. You go to France. I get some scampi. You're going to need some water. I need some water. I forgot. I need to get water before the plane. Okay, so how much of the money do you spend on the water? Four million. Four million dollars <laughs> in water. Yes. That's a lot of water. Well, it's spring. Water. <laughs> it's, it's spring water. Yes. So you go to the biggest spring in the world. You say, "Here's my four million dollars. I want four million dollars in water. I'm going to France." Right. Okay. Because people will be thirsty when they're stressed. Okay. So where <laughs> you take it all to France, all I four do. million dollars, all four million. You get off the plane with all this water. Where do you go? I go immediately to the Eiffel Tower. You go to the Eiffel Tower. I tell everybody, "Hey, kids, there's water here." Uh huh. I go to the Eiffel Tower. I get scampy, and I go up there and I grab a French boy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be smarter to not get the water before you get on the plane from America? Wouldn't it be smarter, because you have to pay for all that transport. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go to France first, go to Evian, we are from the Alps, and because get your water there? I don't there. know. I do not know if they will have it. If, they, if Evian <laughs> will have the water? But no, I, th- I like your mom's um, <laughs> yeah. thinking because... Yeah. If I'm going cross country on this plane trip, yeah, I want it. that amount of water on the plane just in case it crashes. Right. If it crashes, I need water. You need to wash off your owies. <laughs> you need water. It's it's. If we thing. if we crash in a desert or some, <laughs> I need to find somewhere to put all this water right. so that I can bathe in it. You have to have the water okay. for various reasons. So so you get to Paris and I get to Paris. You have scampi apparently. No, she said she's on. So she said she gets scampi. Do you take the water up to the top no, of the Eiffel I'm Tower? No, I'm just merely taking one bottle because it's you know we're going to be dead soon. <laughs> so I let everybody know there's water here. Stressed out kids. Mes enfants, il y a l'eau. <laughs> I told them I, well they're French and they don't understand English, so I have to tell them there's water in French. Is that what is that what That's here's what water in French? Say it one more time. Here's, here's water. You'll be a Here, hero to water. all of Paris who are di- dying of thirst. They will call me Super Shah. Because that's cat. cat in French. They will be like, did you bring the cigarettes? <laughs> I have cigarettes. I am your ami. Let's go. And we all go to the Eiffel Tower and have scampi. And we smoke the big bad one. And we say, a tout well, since you only spent $4 million on the water, you still have $1 million to play with. Would you, like, well, make it... No, would I you really make, don't. Would, would I, you make it rain over Paris, just throwing money no, out from the top of the no, Eiffel Tower? No, I gave a great tip to the guy who made the scampi. 
How's he going to spend it if the world's about to blow up? It's not my problem. <laughs> I'm generous. I can't help it. Why is he working on the night that the world ends? Yeah, there's a lot of holes it's in this. It's like there's the a lot of holes orchestra in story. on the Titanic. They didn't have to keep playing they music, played but they did. Like, and he thought, this will be my signature dish. Skeppy. Skeppy. The world's going to end... I, we just hope that everyone's in place, like the air traffic controller, the people at the gate, so that you can facilitate this water uh, mission. You just go for it. Yeah. What, what's <laughs> going to be the worst thing that happens? You die a day before you die? <laughs> oh, well. So, True. You know, you just go for it. I like your idea. Chrissy, $5 million, two days. I would try to free all those shelter animals so they could be out and born free before they die. I would probably spend a good portion of the money on buying them food so they could also gorge and get fat like little doggy Ottomans before they run it all off and eventually kick the bucket. But at least they get a few minutes of freedom and grass. Uh, unless they live in an urban area, in which case that wouldn't work because then they could just get run over by cars. Yeah. But uh, after I let all the doggies run free, I would probably <laughs> charter a ship and go sailing. Sailing? Yes. Do you want to be on the ocean when all the alien turbulence? I do, because then it'll be like a water slide or maybe a water bed or, you know, like the Titanic. Or a titanic thing. Yeah. A water bed? Yeah. Okay. Sloshing. While you're sloshing around and she's on the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> right. I'm getting on a rocket ship going straight towards the moon, ah. Mars, or some other planet. Mars. That- I, eighth grade. Mars is the most. You went to Mars on, in eighth grade? I won that uh, science thing because it's <laughs> the most akin planet to us as far as terrain, the land, possibly oxygen, the whole thing. It's most like the Earth, so go to Mars. We know that's what's next. They've been talking about yeah. this. Scientists have had discussions about sending people to Mars one way trip. Would we send Heather? Oh, to Mars? I have a handful I want to send on a one-way trip. Let me say that. No, okay, go but ahead. it won't be like people we hate. It'd be someone to establish a civilization. Oh, dude, no, come on. Oh. Let's let's put the Heathers on Mars. No. Why? Why? It's your turn to do the croquet. Let's put them in Alaska with Sarah. No, because then it would let's just not put them anywhere. Yeah. since this is a movie, and it's let's fake. just leave. Let's okay. Just go somewhere. Let's feed the dogs. Well, He's yeah, got the rocket, and I've got the Eiffel Tower. He's scampy. Expensive scampy. So back to the movie. Okay. Did you ever have a friend like Christian Slater, either in junior high or high school or just in life, where you're like, hey, I like you, you're kind of badass, but you're a little bit psychopathic, too, so I kind of have to hold you at arm's distance. Yeah, dude, why do you keep killing my friends? That's not cool. God, I never had a Christian Slater. I mean, there were some cute... Guys that, you know, we knew were the bad guys, the bad boys, but they weren't killers. Well, he was the JD, the James Deans-ish type character that was also a psychopath. Yeah, with a little <laughs> Columbine. Yeah, with the, with the dash Dean. of socio-psychopathic stuff. Uh, yeah, and that little smile. Very cute. Like a bondit. Like a bondit. Mom, for those of us who don't know what a bondit is, what is a bondit? A bandit is somebody who's mischievous and does slightly bad things, but not in a malicious way, not a really bad way. Kind of a mischievous, slightly badish kid. Give me an example of somebody whom you would consider a bandit. 
Mm, Johnny Depp. Okay, like, but him as a person or a character that he has played? Oh, he was a bandit in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, yes, he was a bandit. That's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. So was would Christian Slater qualify as a bondit in this movie? Uh, no, maybe more Mona Lisa <laughs> with the smile. What? <laughs> that little smile he had. He was slightly bondish, bondish, <laughs> in parts. But he was no, he was a little too psycho to be. So he was like Mona Lisa. <laughs> His smile was a little Mona Lisa like when he was kind of happy. <laughs> he was getting somebody. He'd do that little Mona Lisa smile. So, do you think that Mona Lisa had some sort of secret that she was keeping, like, killing people secretly and making it look like suicide? I think she had, what did I have on the airplane that day? Absinthe. They, she was smiling from absinthe, Mona Lisa. She, she was an absinthe whore. She, oh, I didn't say whore. Well, like, you know, if you're like a cop. No, I, I'm saying, like, you know, if you drink a lot of coffee, people call you a coffee whore. Oh, I don't call anybody. I, just, I don't call anyone no, whores I don't unless do they that. really deserve unless it. Unless it's Meg Whitman. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was low. I apologize. Said the Maggie. woman wearing the America t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. America. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've got uh, matching America shirts on. How do we feel about how the teachers handled what they thought was a rash of teen suicides? Uh, how do we think they handled it? Yeah. Well, I mean, this movie's hyperbole and campy in its nature and in that way they all the adults and that's teachers and parents they're all totally clueless as to what's going on in their kids lives and totally care they could care less too right clueless and they don't care it's all about croquet and pate yeah and just you know let me get paid and let me do a cursory job and i don't really care what the kids are saying they don't really hear the police not investigate though these quote suicides to you know for basic things like well they were smoking pot in the car remember the two police that were smoking pot in the car and came out and found the two dead guys and said oh look they committed suicide yeah just like the note said so they weren't like the biggest geniuses but isn't it up to investigators i've watched enough law and order and csi to know that usually there's like a team that comes out and canvases the area and there's like procedural stuff mm-hmm. like it's usually not left to like the two podunk cops who arrive on the scene to decide no. what happened true back in my day it was just <laughs> jessica fletcher and a murder she wrote yeah <laughs> like a this voice calls reporter for a super cat <laughs> Wait, Supercat can now solve murder mysteries? Yes. <laughs> Better wow. than those two podunk cops. So you do have a superpower. You That's can why solve. Super is yeah. in front of cat. Mm-hmm. You're right. Speed skating and solving mysteries. <laughs> murder mysteries. Gosh. I think. I think this is a possible. This uh, is a new thing. series idea for yeah. you. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> wow. Pretty good. Chrissy, what was your favorite movie in Heather's? My favorite movie in Heather's? Oh, favorite movie. <laughs> favorite scene in Heather's. I'm like, I've already talked about Have I talked about this once already? Yes, I have. Favorite scene in Heather's. What was your favorite scene? <laughs> Definitely not the cow tipping scene. I can tell you that much. As an animal rights person, I was very upset to watch them tip a cow because they always hurt their ribs and possibly even break them and it hurts the cows. Yeah, I was upset. I was upset about the cow tipping, so that was not my favorite scene. 
Uh, as far as my actual favorite scene is concerned, probably when they kill Heather, the, uh, number one, and she drinks the Drano and face plants to a coffee table in her room. Why is a coffee table in her room, by the way? So she can fall into it. Oh, yeah. People can't drink coffee? What's wrong with that? Well, who has a coffee table in their bedroom? Well, if you're rich and you have yeah, a large bedroom. It's to signify how large it is, I think, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Boy, did she face plant in that thing, though. Yeah, she was good faller. She, she went to she falling was school. Dire, yeah. Yes. What was your favorite scene, Mom? My favorite scene was when Kristen Slater was telling um, Shannon Doherty mm-hmm. that he saw strength in her and that he wanted her to be the new kind of leader. The new the Heather. Pet, the new Heather. Because she had strength and intelligence. And the look, the expression that overcame her face... To me was, I think there are a lot of people like that, where they, you know, they size you up and they figure out what you want to hear. And he clued into what was a big thing to her where she felt empowered after he said that. She felt recognized and she felt smart. So she was then his little minion and on his page. We know that symbolically she wore green for the whole first half of the movie before Heather number 1 dies. And even very slightly after when they're still in the mourning period because she was always envious and mm-hmm. so green for envying. But she always kept saying, like, why can't I have the red croquet mallet? Why can't right. I have the red scrunchie? She wanted uh, the power color of red, which is what Heather One had before Heather One, you know, kicked right. bucket. And, and when then, he told her all of that, when he told her that she had the strength and all of that to be the leader, she was empowered by that. But I saw what I interpreted in her expression was how easy... Some people can be to get to get them to do what you want them to do by saying these, you know, nice little nicety things. And she was immediately under his spell. Yeah, but she, he, he was masterful at not making it seem like she was under anyone's spell. It was like right, you, that it was her idea, and it was all yeah, right. Yeah, that he wasn't leading her. No, but in effect, he was. And Justin, your favorite scene. Um, I think I like the uh, all the weird memorial service viewing scenes <laughs> at the end of the movie. Um, I just think memorial viewing services are just su- super creepy in nature. Have you ever been? Well, what makes them creepy? Yes. I've I've never been to anything like it, to be honest. Because you go in and you're like really sad. Whether you're related to the person or know it, you're really sad. And you wait in line, and you walk up to this casket, and this person has been done up by the, you know... Someone who does not know makeup about him, yeah. And it's just really freaky. Yeah. You, you think and they gonna... don't look the same. And, you know, I, I would rather remember somebody how they looked when they were alive and well than that look that they have, you know, in death. It's... It's creepy, it's sad, you know. They sometimes contor- <laughs> contort the Is faces. Is this the one that let the dogs out? Contort the faces into a, a <laughs> grin. This, I watched the podcast go like this. And we're talking about serious character things and symbolism, and now we're talking about death, and now we're talking about how unnatural people look in death, and now we're talking about how sad we are looking at the people who are unnatural in their death. And it was just like, train wreck of sadness. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to say on the podcast, when I die, I want to be cremated, and then my ashes spread somewhere really fun, like the, Jamaica. O- the ocean, or Jamaica, or 
Uh, hey, man, what are you doing with those coffee grinds? Chuck- They're not coffee <laughs> grinds. They are my husband. Or Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck that would be awkward. <laughs> what Mommy, is that, oregano? Mommy, she poured something into the ball pit. Have a slice of daddy? <laughs> Some sprinkles of daddy. Aww. Or you can, like... <clears throat> Daddy. Or you can just use my body, um, like Weekend at Birdies, and just pretend that I'm still alive. And, like, my mom used to say, as a kid, really she should. would say, prop me up, put me on the couch. Give me the control. Yeah, prop yeah. me up. Right. Yeah, I used to say that, I remember. I, yeah, prop me up. I still feel the same way, I don't care. I had um, <laughs> an offbeat childhood, you guys. In addition to my mom saying things like, when I die, I want you to prop me up. I didn't get, like, bedtime stories as a kid, like... And then Mary and her little lamb went into the cabin where they had some wonderful cherry cobbler. The end. It was like, I'm going to tell you about this Twilight episode, Twilight Zone episode <laughs> from 1963, where death comes. And she's looking in the rearview mirror, and there he is, Mr. Death, and he goes, going my way. Good night, sweetie. <laughs> like, that was my childhood. I'm kind of like a little bit of a... What are we talking about again? <laughs> We're talking about my offbeat childhood, which, which actually... Do- Wait, it brings me to my point. I actually had a point. When kids picked on me in school, like the Heathers pick on um, the, you know, the undertow kids, I, I had my mom fight my battles, y'all. Not necessarily because I asked her to, or was like, mommy, fight my battles. Like, but she would come to school and she'd be like, which one of you picked on my kid? And she I am, would, I am super cat. She would threaten them. Look at my roller posse. Oh, she would scare them, but she was cool. With it. My mom was like. Uncle Jesse from Full House. Like, she was... No, she was so much cooler really than me. Really into yourself and your hair? No. No, but beyond that, like... Uncle Jesse. But no, but she was so much cooler than me. Like, I was like Jody Sweeten or Michelle or... She was in the Beach Boys. No, seriously. And I would come to school and I'd be like, Hi guys, I'm trying to be nice, but you're making fun of me. And I don't know what to do about it. Sad music. You know, and then, like, Uncle Jesse, a.k.a. my mom would come in. And she'd be like, hey, keep it cool. And, like, all the kids liked her more than they liked me. And she'd have to, like, solve my problems for me. But then as soon as she left, they'd be like, having your mom fight your battles. I don't think it would have worked with the Heathers, Mom. Oh, yes, it would What have you? What would you have said to the Heathers if I was in the position of, like, the really fat girl who they kept making fun of? I probably probably would have said, listen, how you look, which isn't that great, by the way, Heather. I don't know what everybody's been telling you, what your mommy and daddy tell you, but you're not that good. You're okay. But whether you were great or not is just a gift. It's not an accomplishment, Heather. And You're going to be fat someday. I was kind of leading up to that. <laughs> While you're ruining this kid's life. And I would have said, I would have told her that she was just lucky, it was a matter of luck and not an accomplishment, but that make no mistake, if one hair on my daughter's head is ever hurt by you or anybody you know, and I don't, don't try to say, I was nowhere to be found, it was my girlfriend Susie that did it, I'm coming after you. So you are in charge of keeping my daughter safe. So, at Back this point, to the movie. Yeah, as Martha, I've already walked into traffic with the suicide note attached to my chest, so I'm not sure what good that would do. Alright, this movie came out in 1989. Um, a lot of people yeah. said it was ahead of its time. Do you think it was ahead of its time? I have a hard time with that. I think the, a lot of the, the themes and, uh, like you were saying, the hyperbole and the storytelling and the writing was definitely ahead of its time. 
I think that if it had been released, uh, you know, post, let's say, 2001, uh, there would have been an uproar over things like the first time when he, like, shoots the kid with in, in the cafeteria with blanks, you know, like, and there's this controversial new movie coming out called Heathers where a boy brings a gun to school and he's suspended for a week, not even expelled. Then he goes on to kill a whole bunch of other people and it's made to look like suicides. And he wears a trench coat. It would have, you know, made Fox News. Is your teen a werewolf? More on this new Twilight <laughs> phenomenon at 11. <laughs> yeah. Would have been like that. Why are people so stupid? I don't know. Like... They're so fearful, yeah. It's the same old problem. It's just uh, maybe it's a newer solution. What is? I mean, it's more of a solution that you see kids do today when they have problems. They go and get daddy's weapon or they beat up the kid. We're back in the day that wouldn't have happened when the movie was made. Right, but like if this movie were made today, I can totally see news headlines of like Hollywood glamorizing, you know, teen murders and mass murders in schools and, and even teen suicide and, you know. Well, they did that with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, what, the Basketball Diaries? The Basketball Diaries. They did that about when he came in. Glamorizing drug use and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're right, they did do that about yeah. that scene. Yeah. So, you know, we don't care about Shakespeare, that. he glamorized teenage suicide right. due to love. Right. And blood spots. Yeah. I mean, uh, the whole outrage over... Beginning of time. Art. Yeah. It's been going on forever. Right. Right, but I think that it would go... It we're, would, we're supposed to be smarter now. We're but we're not. not. We're, we're not supposed to be blaming our, uh, our parenting or lack of parenting on media or whatever absolutely but there's been a seismic shift in the united states as far as where we lean uh with regards to our sensitivities you know and and people now are so much more easily offended and sensitive to um you know their sensibilities are offended so easily i think much more now than they were 20 years ago i think that's true not as thick-skinned. Maybe. No. Because when I was uh, younger, you know, your parents would tell you, dust yourself off. Yeah. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And we did. Not everything was a monumental thing like, what did you say to me? We didn't. You know, we flowed a little bit better back then. Yeah. This would be a controversial movie today, capital C. Which, not, it, I mean, obviously it wouldn't be to me. I, I'm on your side. I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. I, But I really feel like it would be a topic for... You know, news consumption, and you know, you have stupid pundits weighing in on like six windows on Fox News, and like, well, will you let your children see it? And yeah, because the kids will copy it. Like that's yeah. all you have to do is see a movie, and that will turn you into a murderer. Well, if you eat a Twinkie, you're gonna go kill somebody because you're gonna be on a right. sugar high. So, but what's the difference between this movie and how controversial it would be as to uh, a serial killer horror movie that is based in high school? Because they're like, young. Oh, based in high school. Like Scream or oh. uh, Scream was somewhat controversial when it came out. I but again, know. we've been we but we've been moving further and further and further in, in into the right. I, and I'm not trying to do a low blow here to any of my friends on the right or family or anything like that. I'm just saying we have as far as our sensitivities to things like that that aren't so you know family values. Like it's just it, honestly, it's just it's become a tougher and tougher climate. For movies that deal with sensitive subjects, I think, and TV too. Like, it's not going to be easier. I think it's getting harder. A so called higher moral ground. Yes, Mm -hmm. with the moral majority and things like that. You know, and that's dangerous to me because this was a creative, cool little movie that we shouldn't all take that seriously. 
except for the underlying thing about bullying and arrogance and things like that. It's a common thing. But, I mean, it's not such a serious movie. No, it's comedy. Right. I don't think a lot of people got it at the time. They just didn't really figure out what was it was saying and... What the message, yeah, what, what the whole What the message was. was. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the way people got uh, in an uproar over Fight Club at the time, and it kind of played into the whole movie's message brilliantly about how people were, you know, about Jeez. anything. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh. Oh, people. People... Stop overreacting. Yes, lighten up, people. Yeah, lighten up. Come on. I wanted to, to go on to a serious subject. Um, <laughs> getting more serious. <laughs> the, the, the first love scene uh, between Christian Slater and Winona Ryder's character in this movie happens after some strip croquet. <laughs> Kathy, what do you think of strip co- croquet, and would you recommend it to others? I would recommend watching and not playing. Watching strip croquet, but not right. that would so right. being the voyeur. You're a strip yes. croquet voyeur, you say. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's awkward. So. But um, no mallet. Oh yeah, are you worried about the the, the mallets the mallet. and the hard croquet balls? They could yes hurt Anything someone. They might get yes. Chrissy. I just don't think I would do very well at this game at all, since I don't understand how croquet works in general. So. I would probably be the first one naked, and therefore it would not go well. Oh, no, wait. I remember, no. Kristen, you should be worried, because the ball will find you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm really accident-prone, you guys. And it's a running joke in my family that if there is a door to run into or a ball flying somewhere, it will hit me. <laughs> it, it, or crack in the sidewalk, I will trip in it. Yeah, That's so what she said. you better said. not play that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The ball will hit me in the face, and then I'll trip into it. Faces, balls. Where balls fly at my nose. Wow. I'm thinking Clueless. You, you know, we were in the teen movie genre. Yeah? I don't think this is as good as Clueless. Okay. It's a good movie. Not as good as Clueless. Really? If you're giving me the, uh, I don't know, I think it's better than Clueless Face. Dude, everyone has an opinion. I know, what's That's yours? another thing about the uproar. Not every movie is made for everyone. And so, everyone doesn't have the right... If you don't like it, don't watch it, you know? That's right. Keep your kids... Know what your kids are doing. No. Uh, don't wait yes. till they almost commit suicide to take an interest in them. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 Yeah, if your kid's all emo, like, do something about it, because... <laughs> what? That's... What's so funny? Tell us I, what... I think you're cute. What do what? you think of what do you think of emo? What is your real view on emo? <laughs> Would that be emo as in emotions? When we were talking about emo the last podcast, what we lost. Kathy thought we were saying emu for like the first five minutes. She was like, talking. "What about emu? Emus?" Yeah. And no, and Justin's like, well, what "Emus." Do do? What do you to say? Think about emus? No, no. She goes, "Wait, emu? What? What, what about emus?" And Justin was like, "Wait, emus? Like email, but for moose?" No, I didn't oh, yeah, say that. Didn't you? No. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how we got to it, but there was an emus. Eventually, yeah, we were talking about emus. The moose. Do we have to shorten emotional to emo? Well, it, it's is not just cool? like an emotional person. It's like Fiona Apple is perfect music for somebody who is emo. 
A lot of times they're not goth, but they wear like dark eyeliner and they listen to, you know, sad music or, or, you know, very lyrics driven, angry, sad music. Like they're just, mm. Mm -hmm. okay. They wear Converse. <laughs> some of the, um, some of the dialogue in Heather's is kind of out there. What were some of your favorite, uh lines you heard in the movie um f me with a chainsaw gently gently yeah gently yeah, with gently. a chainsaw that was important you're right and what was they used the oh, word she's such a pillowcase yeah yeah stop being such a pillowcase and they used the word very not as you know um as a as a modifier but like as an actual noun yes noun thank you like hey you're very i'm like very what whatever what are they? They're very something. No, apparently they're just very. And I got a motor if I'm going to make it to this funeral. I'm like, she's got a motor? It was very stuck in its times with, yes. the, with the dialogue. But I thought the script was really, it's one of my favorites at the time. At the time or of all time? Uh, in the, of the 80s. I mean, it was at the tail end of the 80s, so. I think one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie is just Christian Slater and his... Um, Need to morph into Jack Nicholson several oh several times during the movie. He was doing a Jack Nicholson impression, like the way he sp he spoke, especially when it was you know almost monologueish. We had a lot of lines. I was like, "Who are you right now?" Maybe that was here's Johnny. Maybe he was just starting out, and he picked a good actor. He... I mean, if you're gonna do an impression of any actor, I guess. Jack's a good one. To yeah, and he was trying to be like a cool kid, and Jack's cool, so it wasn't a bad. Readings and salutations. Readings and salutations. Creeping me out. But I mean, like, <laughs> it's not smart to just emulate an actor you like that you think did a Nobody good job in something. Nobody would know that he was doing that but you too, though. So it was smart, because it made him that have was, a certain that style. That was his method, I guess. That made him have a certain, like, uh, happening style. He was cool. By emulating cool Jack. I don't know. If I got cast in a British movie and I was like, I'm going to emulate my British movie acting idol and I'm going to be Dick Van Dyke. And I'd be like, hello, Godnot, walking around and doing that well, horrible... Well, he did sound like that in Mary Poppins, I know, he by was the way. terrible. I love him, but he but was I'm terrible. But I'm saying that what? nobody would yeah. know you were, he's been you made fun were of emulating him, though. See, so you know that he's doing Jack. And so does Justin, but nobody else did. We don't know for sure if he was trying to do Jack. He, we, he just sounded like Jack a lot. Well, I don't think that's a bad thing when you're starting out and have no style of your own. So who <laughs> would you emulate if you were cast as Winona Ryder in this movie? Who would you emulate if you were playing the role? What? <laughs> Pick someone. Shoot be yourself. I, I would just be myself. I yeah. would play it as Joan Crawford. Or Betty Davis. But that's overboard. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Have that come over here right now. I want my croquet. I am so pissed at you. Have that. That's Betty. <laughs> Betty Davis. You don't recognize Betty. <laughs> that's who I would emulate. Sounds like <laughs> Betty Davis with... Asthma or something. Well, in, in that, that movie All About Eve, she talked haltingly like that. In the movie All About Eve, everybody's going, oh my God, the, the women are going to argue, and she says, 
Fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> we are in for a bumpy ride. A that puppy ride? Bumpy, bumpy, oh. bumpy. A bumpy puppy ride. <laughs> Back to her puppy she let out. <laughs> it's one of those things where you hear it two times and then you're like, I just never knew she talked like that. <laughs> that is the perfect Betty Davis impression. But she did. She's playing ping pong in her head. <laughs> That's how she talked. I don't think she was that great of an actress, if you ask me. Whoa. <laughs> well, who talks like that? Mom's sticking on Betty Davis, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then after she had her stroke, poor Betty. Just so you know, she's taking your fingers and mashing up her face so one side looks like it works and the other side looks like it's had some issues. We've gone into the stroke humor portion of the show. Thank you, Finky. Yeah, stroke humor. Okay, okay. So now, now how would you do the role if you were doing Betty Davis after her stroke? (laughs) I'll ask you that question. You're the actress in the family. Okay. Go. I don't like the I don't like the direction this podcast is going in. So I'm going to steer back to the movie and say, "What do you guys think about What do you think guys think about writing in your diary while wearing a monocle?" Mistake. Mistake. Fashion mistake. Faux pas. In '89 and 2010, faux pas. I dug it. Really? I dug it. I thought it was kind of a little crazy and. Very different and difficult. What do you know about monocles? No, I know more than you think. Like what? In the past. What are the top? What are the? Who are the top three monocle experts? We got Mr. Peanut. Yeah. We right. got the guy from Monopoly. Right. And, and who else? Who? You... Oh, what was his name? Lon Lon Cheney. Lon the Chaney? head guy. Uh, the main daddy Cheney. Who? Back in what was that movie? Was it? In a one, it's a wonderful life that he had a monocle, and he was telling everybody, "You're going to die because I'm not going to let you pay your mortgage with pennies." Did Daddy Warbucks and Annie have a monocle? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> what was so it's just Daddy Mr. Peanut Warbucks and the guy from Annie, by the way, too. What? <laughs> <laughs> Seems funny to me. I always wanted there to be uh, one of the teachers in Harry Potter be like. <laughs> Head of monocle arts or something. <laughs> this is something you dreamed about? Monocle 101? Monocle arts, yes. Like, first you have to put it on and... Pulp Fiction? <laughs> monocle arts? <laughs> <laughs> there were no monocles in Pulp, pulp Fiction. Here's no. a question. If you were wearing a monocle, do you have to kind of effectively wink with your facial muscles the whole time in order to hold the monocle in place? Yes. How does the monocle stay on your cheek? Unless you That's have... That's it. It's like, hold it in a Unless position. you're anorexic and you have sockets and it just stays in there. But wait, so you have to keep it winking. You're not... You have to keep it like this to hold the monocle What's in. the use of having it if you're not even opening your eyes fully to see through no, the monocle? No, you are. But like, imagine oh, if you put like... wait a minute. He's right. You're like... The eye that you have this magnifying <laughs> monocle thing in is the one you're squinting there for not seeing through. Well, very good. I imagine that if you were Super Cat yeah. and you had your posse of speed skaters behind you right. and you had a monocle, you would be pretty badass. Ah. You could take on the aliens if they did come in. What? So I would have two monocles. Look, this is how you do a monocle. No. You hold I the monocle have... up like this. 
And then you have to, so my eyes are really wide open right now, and I have half a goggle up to oh, my face. Oh, you're holding it. And no, and no, and then you, like, wink, but your eye stays open, so it's like your facial muscles holding it in place. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should call Heather and have her beaten up. <laughs> I think I just discovered the reason why monocles didn't, yeah, really, didn't really catch last. fire. <laughs> My super cat would have two monocles attached with wire. Thank you guys. Over the ears. I think in the next Batman movie that Batman should fight Mr. Monocle and he should be. Here, Justin, try holding this goggle in place like it's a monocle. See what I'm talking about. I'm already, I'm not on the monocle train already. You don't have to. That looks like something. See? Yeah. (laughs) Dude, did the penguin? I think the penguin had a monocle. Oh, the penguin did have a monocle, didn't he? Yeah. He could definitely kick Mr. Peanut and Monopoly Man's. Mr. Peanut. I don't know. Monopoly Man's got a lot of money. Therefore, he probably has a posse to back him up. I don't know about that Mr. Peanut. Okay, so what do you think about the ending of uh, Heather's, Kathy? Um, well, I'm glad that my, my Winona came back to Winona. Winona. Not Winona. No. Winona. I say it why. Sorry. Uh, Came back to being a nice person to the underlings. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me that. Okay. I was glad that you came back and was nice now to everybody and all the stuff and was (laughs) able to brush yourself off of all the murders and get back to business at school. Yeah. That went well. You should thank me for not blowing you up. Yeah. What do you mean? Hmm? Huh? What? What? Winona Ryder. Thank you. Thank for you. not blowing me up. Thank you for not blowing me up. I should thank her? Yes, you should thank her Who's for not blowing first? you up. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where's Super Cat? She's here. <laughs> I feel like Sybil. Hold on for a second. I feel like Sally Field playing Sybil. Do you want me to call Super Cat? Super Cat. No, I want to see Super Cat <laughs> slash Betty Davis. <laughs> yes. On speed skates. How would she talk? Everybody, look at me go. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't you wish you were me? Do <laughs> you know? <laughs> what did you think of the end of the movie, Chris? Um... I, I thought it was interesting because I kind of expected the whole school to blow up, and when it didn't, it was kind of like, oh. You expected the whole school to blow up? I did. Do you, did you expect Christian Slater to survive, or not survive? I expected that he would, and that, therefore, it would leave room for a sequel. Because it sounded like he had done this thing before, based on the fact that he had moved from city to city. <laughs> and he kept telling her, like, push the middle button if you really want this to end. And I was like, don't push the middle button. That's going to really blow them up. So I kind of expected the school to blow Yeah, up. I thought she would do the two on the outside then. <laughs> well, thinking like, oh, sure. Reverse psychology? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know that there was an alternate ending that they filmed where the school did actually blow up and they were all together in heaven afterward at some sort of weird heaven prom. But they didn't do that because they were afraid that people would kind of be like, oh, this is too dark and too heavy and this is a... Bad influence on our children. Bad! We know it's a comedy when we saw your doll hanging there. What was the name? Barbie doll. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. And you were fun. like, that's why you don't play with Barbie dolls. I'm like, yes. because somebody's going to come in and hang them <laughs> from the that. ceiling? That's what they're good for. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Sadistic. Sadistic, cruel people Shanking hanging Barbie dolls. Barbies. She hung herself pretty well, by the way, when she was trying she to mimic, mimic it. Well, she did it by hanging the bed sheet around her waist, so all the weight was taken off because it was really around her waist, well, and she wore a jacket over. But I like that she got to hear Christian Slater saying, I loved you, but I was going to come over to kill you, but I loved you. And I'm glad she got to hear him say, I was going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because then she knew where he stood, period, right. the end. Right. No doubt. She was over him anyway. I love my dead gay son. <laughs> I just felt like saying that. Good quote from the movie. All in all, good. Yeah. Greetings and salutations. Oh, is that your favorite line? That's your favorite lines. Mine is dead gay son. Yours is, I guess, greetings and salutations. I don't know. What's yours? I don't know. They didn't say that in the movie. I mean, I I have none that I remember. So you're saying you loved it? I'm saying I I did, but I don't. Nothing is coming to my mind as far as my favorite saying. Would my you favorite Would line. you like to make up a saying that maybe Betty Davis would have said had she been in the clique? <laughs> don't be a bitch, or I will kill you. There you go. <laughs> she swished her wrist around pretty good while she's in there. By the way, it's pretty she might hit us. Well, that's how she hit us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mom, letter grade for the movie. For me, because I am a lighthearted person, A. (laughs) Because this movie was incredibly lighthearted. Yes, Justin, what is your grade for the movie? A plus, 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 plus. Really? Or B plus. (laughs) Take one. Instant downgrade. Depends on the day. Yeah, pretty much. I give it a B. Uh, And I'm glad because the... The first time I saw it, I probably would have given it a B minus, but seeing it a second time gave me some added clarity, and I saw things I didn't quite see or get before, so a solid B. Oh, you're a hard grader. Yeah. Okay. It's I'm definitely sorry. a movie to watch if you've never seen it before. Oh, yeah, yeah see it. Mm-hmm. And Justin's right. Even though it is nothing like Clueless or Mean Girls, if you're in the, the clicky girl comedy drama vein, as far as your you know what you're a fan of is concerned, then yeah, see Heather's. It's worth it. I'm it's more not into a documentary. <laughs> it's not? Has she seen The Big Chill? The Big Chill? No, you haven't. I think you made me watch some of The Big Chill. You've I been obsessed know. with The Big Chill for years. I'm not obsessed. Maybe you should watch that and critique it next time. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Are you going to be a guest if we do this? I'm a guest, uh, well, if you help me. She'll be too expensive by then. Yeah, Super Cat will have taken off. Oh, that's right, my career. <laughs> buying up all that water. Four million dollars in water, guys. I know. I'm going to France. I don't know how we're going to get this and all in the plane. If the aliens decide to change their mind, I won't be fat because there's no cal- there are no calories in shrimp. Or what if the what? Geez, there are. What if the no, no calories? What if the aliens? You spent a, a million just trying to change everyone's <laughs> mind about shrimp. There are no calories in shrimp. There's only two days to survive. So just know this, above all things, out. you can eat all shrimp you want. Fried shrimp, bowl <laughs> shrimp, all of this. Yeah. Non-caloric. Right. Swear to God. Calorie free! So if the aliens decided to spare you when they took you to their planet, would you then say, I am from France? <laughs> I'm a conehead. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. You got the reference. Yes. 
<laughs> All right, then. And that's it. Uh, everyone, just so you know, we are now going to be posting this podcast on Fridays, because Friday is the coolest day of the week, and, you know, we are nothing if not cool at So I Married a Movie Geek. So, <laughs> yeah. So if for some reason you lose track of us, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, search for So I Married a Movie Geek. Uh, you can search by our names, Justin Winters or Chrissy McQueen, Chrissy with a K, McQueen, M-A-C, and you'll find us. Yay! Yay! Yes. Yes. We. We are all over the webs. A tutelar. <laughs> She's like, a tutelar. I'm done. I need to go buy some water. Au revoir. And go have some scamp. Calorie. My name. And goodbye. Later. <laughs>